This is Kurt. This is D. Wyatt. And this is the MFG cast. Hey, missuses. Hey, missus. Hey, non-binary robots. Uh, aliens of all kinds. It's another episode, of, uh, this time in color. Our episode is going to be focusing on winning and losing and the stuff therein. But before that, let's get into some now playing. Um, I'll go first. Uh, played a couple of old bees and a new bee. Did I say nude bee? I meant newbie. Didn't mean nude be. I mean that would be hot, but not really. Got to play uh, the second in the choose your uh, choose your own adventure series, in uh, by Z Man. The war with the evil power master. This uh, I've played both of the choose your own adventure games now, and without being too spoilery in this game, this one's got a lot more variety to it. Where it's you're trying to beat the evil power master from destroying all these planets, and uh, you can travel from planet to planet, and as you travel there, uh, there's a different story and different ways to win or lose in, on those planets. And you're either trying to, well, what you're trying to do is you're trying to boost your signal to find out what the evil power master is doing so you can thwart his plans, or if you fail in some of the challenges and stuff that you have, the EPM meter goes up. What does the EPM meter stand for? Is it like evolutionary planetary momentum meter? No, it's evil power master. Simple, but uh, my money was on the first. I think. Yeah, I know. I, I it's funny the fact that I actually came up with that amazing acronym right away. I'm pretty proud of myself. I was gonna say, of all the combinations of words, that's what you. But the, you know, and then every you play with four characters, and no matter if you play with one player or you play with more players, you have to play with all four characters because they're all in the story, and they all have certain uh, strengths and weaknesses as far as their abilities and stuff like that. And you get different data cards and stuff like that that you can help help you during the game. It uh, it spices up the game, so you can actually play it more than once. The other game. You know, with you know, with a group of people, you could basically just you could play it a couple times if you wanted to, but you'll kind of see the same thing. With this, it kind of it uh, gives it a little more variety and a little bit more legs, so you can play this you know more than a few times. Stop with the fireworks! If people are playing fireworks, people. It's not even the Fourth of July yet. I can't stand it, especially around my neighborhood because people are lame. Sorry. Uh, as I continue, but. Yeah, War with the Evil Power Master is super fun. I love these choose your own adventure games. I just, I think they're a blast. This one has a little more variety into it. It's not just you picking your story and rolling your abilities and stuff like that. You kind of, 
you kind of get some more. It gives you a little more freedom to work, and uh, I really enjoy it. Plus, it's a super cheap game. It's like what twenty five dollars SMRP. So, or MSRP. Let's try that. Boy, talk about not getting acronyms right. I can't even say that one right. So. So, would you say like the more variety is probably as a result of people kind of like criticizing the first one on that, or oh no, I was gonna say, or do you think it's just like this is always how it was planned, and you know? No, I think I it think it just so happens to be. Yeah, and it's the second in the series of these games, but it's actually the second, the second by the same uh, designer too. Uh, his name is he's got an amazing name, Prospero Hall. I love that name. I'm like, where do these people come up with these awesome names? <laughs> but uh, I think he he probably they probably got some feedback like you know, you know we we like this whole thing, but it's probably you know I re- would probably just rather read the book because I can kind of get the same thing out of it. I disagree. I really enjoyed it, you know that way. But I like that they they get they put a little more variety into this one, and I'm sure if they continue again, then they'll do it onto the next one. The cool thing about these uh, games too is it makes me want to go to back to my local library. Or to my local bookstore and buy a couple of these because I know that a fact that the books a million that's by my house actually has all of these choose your choose your own adventure books. Uh, they must have re-released them or something like that. So I'm really excited. Another thing that I think is kind of interesting too is that they kind of updated some of the story in this too. So I'd like to actually read this book just to see how they you know updated it because one of them is like they actually it's it's funny because the story is so. Re- so damn ridiculous like there's just so many like puns and like them just trying to elaborate everything but there's one part where it was like talked about a selfie stick and i'm like wait a minute i don't remember selfie sticks in the 80s you know so you know so they've kind of updated some things in that but no i i really enjoyed it It was just it's a lot of fun so if you like that kind of thing and you would like to try it i give this one a go you know if you haven't tried either i would Go with this one first just because it gives you a little bit more variety. And being able to use those other characters is cool, too. One thing I forgot is, like, when you use a character, they have uh, some uh, special cards that they use. At the beginning, you pick out, like, a special ability or something like that. Some of them are for the whole game. Some are a one-time use. And then you pick up stuff throughout the game. But when you use a character, you basically flip them over so they're inactive. So everybody gets their own turn. So you have to kind of plan strategy that way, too, where it's like, okay... I use my strength ability here, so I have to flip him over, and it's like, okay, wait a minute. Now that we're on this one planet that has more negotiation tactics, maybe I should save this other guy for a no negotiation aspect. So there are a few things that just really kind of spice it up. Okay, I'll stop talking about that game now, uh, but it's really fun. And then I uh, got to play a couple of old bees this weekend with uh, with Tracy. We were able to play uh, Quacks of Quindleburg again or Quinlinburg, sorry, and we were at, be able to get into uh, more variety with it because when you have the the chips that you play, each book has a way to kind of upgrade to get to something else. So it's like instead of using, it, they call it the bookmark. So there's like a one bookmark, two bookmark, three bookmark, and four bookmark. So they tell you to do, do the one first, and then once you get used to it, get to the other ones. So we were able to use the, the bookmark two uh, abilities with the... With the chips and stuff like that and it just made for a lot more variety in you know what you can do with your pot and stuff like that i felt like and um yeah this game just continues to climb in my favorite 
to become one of my favorite games. It's not probably not in my top 10 yet, but it's definitely in my top 20, and it will probably just continue to rise as we play it. So that was fun. And then we were able to play... Why can't... I think all of a sudden... I forget. Well, uh, I got I got a quick interject with a question. About yes, the, uh, the quacks over of here. course. So uh, I heard something on a podcast recently, and um, they said that if they want to play a bag builder game, they're not going to be playing Orleans anymore, that they'll play Quacks and Quindlenburg. Uh, would you say that these people are just clinically insane and should be beaten with their own shoes? Yes, I say whoever this podcast is, they need to be done now because... You're over. Come on now. Don't ever say that kind of thing. I think... Yeah, I mean, it's... Go ahead. And I, like, my whole thing is this. Like, yeah, granted, they're both bag builders. I feel they are drastically different. It, it's oh, like, totally. you can't compare the two. Yeah. Yeah, I feel like the Orleans is almost like a bag builder worker placement almost kind of thing. Where the Quacks of Cullenberg is kind of like a more of a, you know, strategic... Why, what would you call that, really? Like push your luck yeah kind of more yeah more of a push your luck for sure yeah but yeah i definitely think that those are not two of the same you know the only thing that's the the same on them is that they're bag builders i think other than that they're they're worlds apart i say and then the other game we got to play which is another one that i really enjoy and the more i play it the more i love it is azul stained glass of sintra like this game continues to excite me and it's really fun to play and I'm absolutely terrible at it and that will t- tie into our ca- our to our uh, episode topics so but uh, yeah that's pretty much what I've been playing lately. What about you? So recently I uh, started playing one of the greatest games in the entire known universe again, Concordia. Nice. So I don't know if you heard uh, it was actually a little while ago Concordia Venus was released. Yes. And for some reason, it's weird. It's like Concordia is this like timeless, amazing game to me. Uh, Venus came out, and no one spoke of it at all. Like it was just like whoo, like ghost town on this thing. Uh, and there's two things about the Venus that's really interesting. So one is there's actually two ways of buying it. You can buy just the expansion, and they also released Concordia with the Venus expansion in one box. Where if you know you never had Concordia, you would be able to get the both of them for a cheaper price than buying the game and the expansion separately. And also now people can st- finally stop bitching about oh Concordia's box cover, oh the art, oh it's such a turnoff because now it's a different cover, so everyone can shut up forever. Um, <laughs> the th- the thing that they did in it is this is pretty cool. They actually added a variation for team play, right? So. One of the, the staples of Concordia, and it's one of the things that makes this game so elegant and so interesting, is every turn you are playing one card from your hand. That is the entirety of the game. You just do what the card says. You know, be it uh, sending colonists out to build cities, or acquiring goods, or collecting money, or even a card to recover all your discarded cards back to your hands, including that card. So it's always just you're playing a card, you're doing that thing. That's all of Concordia. Venus added an idea of team play where two cards in your deck are taken out and two cards are put in and now like when you want to acquire new cards from like the buy row you don't get one or two cards you can take one and then your ally can take one and then you refresh the board as normal and there's actually a card like you cannot tell your teammate oh play like prefect when you go i like prefect my region 
that's not really how this game is. It's like the whole concept is you and your teammate reading one another and just like playing your game. But there's actually a card that when you play it, your teammate now plays one of their cards, but before they do, you can look at their hand to make a suggestion. And I think that is an incredible idea in, in a card or board game that has teams because instead of just going, Kurt, 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 do console, I need guys. I can actually play this card and now I'd say, all right, Kurt, let me quick see your hand. And then I'd be like, I would appreciate it if you play console. And that's it. You know, it's like your team will only do as well as your team actually functions. No alpha game. Nice. Which is mm-hmm. amazing. Love that. That and then they actually added a new bonus scoring of Venus. And the Venus scoring goes off of for every region you have two uh, town holds in. So it's like, you know, a pair of buildings or in the team game, each town that ha- each uh, region that you and your teammate have a building in. So I'm like, that's a kind of cool idea. Again, I like that pairing concept. It's very cool. Like, you know, they added one new card that a few people I knew who been playing Concordia for years, like it blew their mind where uh, there was always the diplomat that let you copy the top card of another player's discard. Now there's a card you copy the top card of your own discard. Nice. And they were like, wait a minute. So I could do like, I could double architect. Oh my God. <laughs> and it's like, you know, it's. The, yeah, like you know, the second coming of yeah. the heralds. Usually, when I when I do it, it's, it's a no. Really hold on, nice hold on. I, this is a great joke. So when I do it, I go double down and I slap it on the table. Yes. <laughs> Sorry, I couldn't help myself. And then pieces go everywhere. Oh, I don't. So I don't care, man. It's domino motherfucker. Mm-hmm. That's how I do things. Yeah, but I mean, I I just I I think Concordia might be a ten for me, man. Mm-hmm. I, every time I play it, I like it more. It's. It is yeah. so Well, it's solid. funny because when when we played Azul and Quacks, I was like, this weekend, I was like, usually I try to go, okay, what game we haven't played for a while, and blah, 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 and, and that that day I was like, we're playing games that I know that we like, and we're going to have fun with them, you know, and uh, Concordia is one of those, you know, it's just like one of those you see it, you're like, oh, God, that's such a great game, you know, and it's just, you should be playing that a lot. Yeah, I mean, absolutely agreed. It is, without a doubt, like, such... Again, it's just like, even, like, when you start losing, you're like, I have done things poorly. (laughs) You know, it's like, I may have expanded a little too quickly. I may have gotten a little too aggressive to try to get those cloth buildings. Surely this is coming back to bite me in the ass now. But uh, besides that, I also got to recently play Tiny Towns. What'd you Um, think? Yeah, it's... I... You know what? Uh, I'm... Howard picked it up, and I'm glad that Howard picked it up, so I don't have to. It's pretty fun. It's, you know, it's like another, like, small board little puzzle style, like, abstract builder. And, you know, the whole thing is like, oh, you know, you're trying to get these resources to make these buildings. But your opponents are also trying to make some of these buildings. I like it. It's not the best. I would probably, I still think I would rather go for, like, Reef or something. But it is pretty fun. Uh, Played it multiple times. Uh, Up to six players is always a nice touch. You know, that that helps the flow. It's pretty quick turns, which is always a plus. It is funny, though. Not, like, hilarious, but it, it's... Um, so the game ends when no players can do anything. But somebody might build themselves in such a way that they're doomed by just not being able to complete any buildings. So, like, you know, you're going and you have all this space and everything, and all of a sudden you hear a player like, all right, I'm out. And you're like, wait, what? <laughs> it's like... Yeah, I, I I can't do anything anymore. I, I can't finish any buildings. You're like that. 
put how, we only made like three things let me see your board let me see your board and you're like oh my god and you don't know what went wrong for them but it was something and uh it's like well uh you're probably gonna get last let's continue and like you know so somebody might be sitting there for like 10 or 12 minutes just going k and you feel kind of bad <laughs> you know even worse is like Two turns later, another person's like, all right, I'm out. And there's still three people left, and you still have plenty of space in your town. You're like, I know I got at least ten rounds to go. you know. <laughs> but such is the way. And, uh, you know, um, for a game called Tiny Towns, I don't know why, for some reason in my head, I was thinking, like, uh, you know, almost like the tiny epic size, uh, size boxes or something. Mm-hmm. A little bit bigger than that. Yeah, but definitely. The buildings are cool, nice, like, you know. Nice variety of uh, stuff. The components are nice and simple. It's a pretty good game. If it, if it was, if it was like an MSRP of thirty instead of forty, I'd probably be a little more interested in picking it up just to try solo play. Mm-hmm. And you know, just like for a little game here and there for me and Ken. But oh no, you know what? Uh, it's pretty cool. You know, the, there was tons of hype from AEG when this thing was coming out, man. I don't know if you noticed, but for like three weeks, it was like their only thing on Twitter, Facebook. People were doing live streams. It's like, Tardy Towns, Tardy Towns. Like, I mean, it's good, you know, but uh, I'm glad I played it. And I'm <laughs> also, like I said, I'm glad Howard has it, so I'll be able to play it again in the future. Yep, yep. So the, now you also picked up Tiny Towns recently, right? I did. So for you, is it like a like an Azul killer, a Reef killer? Is it anything like that, or kind of the same boat? I think we've talked about this. I don't really like that phrase. I don't like the... Oh, this killed this game, so you'll never play this again. You know, it's like, I think that just like like someone says, just like that thing with that podcast that shall not be named because they're dumb, uh, about the Orleans over Quacks of Quinlanburg thing. It's like, no, they have different aspects of them that could be, that are a variant, and you can enjoy them just the same. You know, so it, it's the same thing with like Azul and Zagarada. You know, it's like I love Azul stained glass. Of Sintra. Like, I think out of that and Azul and Sagrada, it is high high above the other two, which is saying a lot because they're both very good games. Now, is it does it kill them both? No, it does not. I can play them both any given day. You know, so for, you know, for the whole Tiny Towns thing, like, I enjoy it. It's a good Tetrisy style game with a little bit more strategy to it. And, uh, yeah, it's just, it, do, it doesn't kill something else for me or something that's similar to that it doesn't kill tiny towns for me that's cool by the way on a side note as much as you hate it i've been having a few games kill other games recently i i find that sometimes a game needs to kill another game when you are running out of space on your shelves (laughs) yep that is true (laughs) To, to me that's just the bulk needs to go you know and it's like yeah i think it's more of a necessity of like okay you know what's creating that space that doesn't need it to anymore Sometimes you have to separate the wheat from the chaff. That is true. And th- and, and that just mm-hmm. goes back to my, you know, playing something that you really want to play. So it's like you have to kind of wage that. You know, it's not it's not even the rating on BGG. It's like one of those things like we've talked about before. If you see Orleans and you go, God, I just love playing that game. Every time you see it, I want to play it. But then if you see something else and you're like, eh, then obviously it should not be in your collection. Valid point, my friend. So, now that we have seen what we've been getting to the table recently, how many of those games have you won and lost, Kurt? Oh, that's why I like that we that we brought up this uh, 
this conversation because the weekend of playing the Azul and the Quacks of Kingsburg lost both of those. And I am usually a pretty good winner or a pretty good loser. And that's that's kind of interesting to say that, but you know, it's one of like the, you're good at doing it. You mean or yes, <laughs> I should have a badge. I should have a medal or a T-shirt. I should have a tattooed on my head. But you know, it's like one of those that's like a lot of times I'm pretty good about losing. If I lose, hey, I'm just glad to be here, glad to play a game. But then there's times where I've been working a lot. I haven't been getting a lot of sleep. You know what? It would nice to be just. It would be nice to just get a win every once in a while. You know. It would just be nice, but that's just not in the cards for me lately. And you know, sometimes I'm really good, you know, again, sometimes I'm really good at it, but just lately, it's just like, I just, can you just give me one win? That would be nice. I'm sick of losing. So now the question is, is it, there's a couple of games you have that you just consistently lose and that's what really drives the nail into the coffin for you? Or is it just across the board, the... Desire to stop losing. Yeah, yeah. It, it, it seems like lately the willingness to lose would be awesome. It would be great to just get a win out of anything. But there are some games that I come in, go into, and I will uh, put a category in a box because when it comes to abstract games, for some reason, I am the worst at them. So, you know, I, I, I don't go in there with, you know, thinking like, you know what, I think I'm going to win this one this time. But when it comes to playing that last Azul game we played, I was like, man, I felt like I was making really good decisions and doing really good. And then, lo and behold, I get beat by a lot of points all of a sudden. And I'm like, what in the hell is going on here? <laughs> you know, it's like, I, what where did I take that wrong left turn at, at Albuquerque? You know, it's just... So annoying. So for you, right? Like, take for example, like, you know, like the winning and losing. Is that something you find becomes more important to you the more you play a game? Like, when you very first play a game, how, like, how imperative is getting an OW in that column for you? Yeah, like, like for me, it's not as much. You know, especially if I'm, well, let's put it, let's put it this way. A lot of games you play, it's, it's a pretty big learning. And so... For the most part, you're kind of just kind of figuring out how things work and the strategies you main that you want to work on and maintain. But there there have been a few in the past where it's like I feel like I have this game right away and I still <laughs> can't find a way to get the W on it, you know, but for the most part I usually try to just say, you know, this first, the first couple of games, I'm just trying to figure my way into the strategies of this game. And then once I've played it a few times, like your Lords of Waterteep, you know, if you get into it and then all of a sudden you're just, you're losing by a ton and you make, making these poor decisions, you're like, okay, what went wrong? You know, obviously I'm doing, I'm not paying attention to what's going on or I'm making the wrong play or somebody's maybe making all the right plays and I'm just not noticing it. Yeah. You know what? It's like. See, for me, it's um, it's kind of funny. Uh, Howard and I were actually speaking about this the other night. Like, the you know how important is the actual winning and losing in these things? Because you know sometimes you also find it factors into whether or not people want to buy a game or trade a game and stuff like that, which is, you know, always a fun like little uh, dichotomy going on there. But it's like for me, it's it's like, like have you ever had that thing where uh, you help somebody with a move in the game? 
and like they get five points instead of two and then at the end of the game they beat you by one point and you're like you know if i just shut my mouth i i could have had this i did i did that in uh the last game of destiny i played with mike i was like are you gonna do that one thing which is weird i never do that especially with mike because he's so hardcore about winning that i like to get i always like to win against him yeah and i did that and i was like i just completely screwed myself there good job kurt pat on the back (laughs) <laughs> and it's like every time that happens I'm always